Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Megan's Old Office. My name is J.D. Gorlett, and I'm the senior pastor here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in lovely Omaha, Nebraska, and I'm joined once again by my good friend Keith Holmes, who is the director of uh, Children and Family Ministry here. Keith, how are you doing Uh, this morning, this fine day? I am doing very well, J.D. Gorlett. I just love how you introduce yourself as J.D. Gorlett. Yes. It's like, wow. Yeah, no, it's but uh, yes, you're, you're doing well. Keith is yeah. loaded. Uh, we're ready for podcast recording, and yes. that means Keith is well supro- supplied with these peanut butter filled pretzels. We can't give you the name because they're not a sponsor. Oh, that would yeah, no, that's so not that, that would be a sponsorship but, problem. But we highly but recommend. And if, uh, if you're not allergic to peanut butter, yeah, yeah. and I love how on the bottle it, on the canister it says it's got real peanut butter. Yeah, because evidently there's the there's there's some that out there that aren't real <laughs> peanut possible, butter. Well, it begs the question <laughs> of what exactly are am I eating? But these are so good. If they you, are. If there is are. something that is addictive. It's it, a peanut yes. butter filled pretzels. It is, and and so I've got my little stash here that I eat in between recording sessions. Right. And so it's good times. Keith is ready. If I see those out on the table, I know he's ready uh, and loaded for the uh, uh, podcast. Uh, Keith, we're going to be reading from Genesis chapter 13. So if you if you got your Bibles and you're ready to follow along, get, the, get your Bibles out to Genesis 13. I'm having a hard time talking. Must be the pretzels. Mm. Uh, Keith, when do you feel most confident? Let's, uh, let's start with that question. Well, I, so for me, I feel most confident when all my ducks are in a row when I have done any sort of, of preparation, did all the preparation I need for like on a Sunday morning. Mm. When I come in on a Sunday morning, if I've gotten all of the, of, you know, all of the uh, supplies ready for the kids upstairs, everything's ready, I've talked to my, my leaders and everything's fine, then I can walk around full of confidence because right. I know I have done everything that I possibly can to be prepared. Yeah. Um, then there are Sundays when I run in here because for some reason I slept in or <laughs> lost track of time hanging out on a Sunday morning. That never happens. That never happens, by the way. Hardly ever, I should say. And and I'm scattered and, and I feel very out of control. Mm-hmm. And that's when I lose my confidence. Uh, w- when I know what I'm supposed to be doing right. and I'm not doing it right. is when I'm less confident. There are situations where it's like, this is completely out of control. I have no idea, but I'm also very confident. Um, example, I had a discectomy. I had surgery on my back. I had no idea what they were doing because I was completely unconscious, but I also know that the doctor had done many of them. He went to medical school. He's a professional. He knows what he's doing. So, yeah, every time we climb on a plane, right, same way. I think that I think your discectomy is a fantastic example. I mean, here you are. You have no ability to do anything there nope. except be anesthetized, be exactly. asleep. Your confidence comes not at all from you, but nope. from the skill of the person and just your trust in that skill. I don't know exactly. the guy operating the plane. I'm under the assumption that he knows what he's doing. Right. And uh, and talk about a dangerous thing yeah. if he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. Um, yeah. When do I feel most confident? When I've you said when you have your ducks in a row, uh, and you talked about your work, but of course confidence can apply itself to any number of, of oh, different yeah. things. When I feel as if I have all of the controllables uh, controlled as much as I can, 
all of the the things that are are variable, right. uh, I have them as predictable. I've transformed them from variable to predictable. There it is. And 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 and, and then it's it, it, life being what it is. Those things that I tell myself are predictable and controllable suddenly, <laughs> you know, in work or or in recreation or wherever they become unpredictable. I think, and I think it, that's why people don't like working with children sometimes because everything I do is aimed at a certain target and the kids come into it and all of a sudden, right. We are no longer on track. Well, I would say the same thing about computers. If there's yeah. one thing that drives me nuts is computers. Why? Because for days and days and days, months and months and months, they do exactly what I want them to do yep. until this one moment where <laughs> I've got to I don't know what, print, print, okay, how about yeah, that? There you go, printing. Or, or yes. whatever, or the internet, whatever. That'll resonate with Alice, because she's like, I can't print. Right. Like, Why? Why not? And it, it has to be done right now, whatever it is. And yep. it, I go from, from, from completely controlled and confident to wanting to throw the computer through the window <laughs> as if that's going to achieve anything. Well, but but no. the, the desire to throw the computer through the window <laughs> is, is more a reflection of, Wow! Holy cow! I have lost all my confidence is gone because right. all my predict all my controllables. Are and you gone. want to get away from it. You right. don't want to be in that situation anymore. If we lack confidence, we don't want to be there. Right. And so, especially yeah. in the world today, as it is, as we're working through everything that we're working through right now with COVID and everything, people are are right. not confident. So they are sequestering, and they feel good about that because. They've lost all confidence. That's a really interesting example how, you know, we're dealing with COVID. If you're listening to this episode, and if you're listening to this episode maybe two years from now, that's a possibility. Remember back in – we're right in the middle of it. And and, and it is interesting how this has transformed people's mentality and approach, and and, uh, people have gotten confident in staying at home uh, and are less confident about getting out into the life that they used to occupy with confidence. With confidence, yeah. You You walk into the grocery store, and, I mean, there are people that, you know, will – not go near you. I mean, they right. lack they lack the confidence, and people have been avoiding you for a while. Well, that's yeah. true too. That's <laughs> it's not just COVID that they're avoiding me. And like, yes, no, they're it, clear. But it is interesting. But yeah, it's fascinating stuff, and 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 I think that is a loss of confidence. Well, we're so. talking uh, Genesis chapter thirteen. This is the story of Abram and Lot uh, separating. Yep. Uh, Abram is uh, Lot. They're, they're it's his uncle. Uh, Lot is is Abram's. Nephew, and they've been together. Uh, their two families have been together, working the land for many years uh, now. At this point, and uh, they're going to separate here. Keith is going to read this to you, and uh, in a minute. And, and so, confidence. Abram's confidence is a big part. It's an underlying part of this story. I think you're going to see. And then uh, we'll open um, with the question of what is at the core of the conflict here between Lot and Abram, right? Uh, And uh, so Keith is going uh, to read to us from chapter 13 of Genesis. All right. So Genesis 13. So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot with him into the Negev. Now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. He journeyed on by stages from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, 
who went with Abram also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them living together, for their possessions were so great that they could not live together, and there was strife between the herders of Abram's livestock and the herders of Lot's livestock. At the time, the Canaanites and Perizzites lived in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me and between our herders and my herds, uh, for you are my kindred. If not the whole land before you, separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. Lot looked around him and saw that the plain of the Jordan was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the plain of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed eastward. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the plain and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, raise your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring can also be counted. Rise up, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are by Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. All right, so there's a conflict here between Lot and Abram. Oh yes, there is. What do you think is the, at the root of a, uh, at the root of the conflict between Lot and Abram? The root was there was too much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there was too many cows. Well, and there's too, too many and, everything. And the, and you're right. And there's too much stuff because because God has blessed both of them. Yeah. I mean, let's start by let's by start by pointing that out. They're having conflict because God has blessed Abram. And God has blessed Lot. And let's just step back from that. The idea here that I'm proposing is that God can be good to us. We want God to be good to us. We mm-hmm. want God to bless us. Right. And that blessing can cause problems right. between right. us as, as people. Isn't right. that fascinating? You know? I, well, it's very fascinating. I also want to make sure we understand that it's not anything that Lot and Abram did to garner God's blessing. Right. They are rich because God blessed them, not because they were good little boys and God kept giving them stuff. This is sheer election. God has chosen to, just like it is with all of us, Right. God pours out blessing. Well, God makes it rain on the wicked, too. Is, right. Is, is, well, is, we're, we're is talking ju- about Sodom. And, you know, he, he, I mean, I think the writer goes goes to the extreme, or not to the extreme, but goes to a, to a point where he even says that the people of Sodom were wicked, and great sinners against the Lord, because Sodom was a pretty prosperous town. Very prosperous. So, so here they are, blessed by God. I think the thing is, is they recognized it. I the, mean, where where you know Abram and Lot both were very much 
God has given me all of this, not anything I did, whereas probably the people of Sodom were saying, look what I've done to get what I got. There's no doubt that the, I, I agree completely. And here's Lot and Abram out here, and they've got all this prosperity. They've been blessed by God with this abundance. <laughs> And, and and they're fighting, and they they're, still have trouble. They're, it, right, they still got. Issues. And it reminds me of of Jesus saying uh, when he was asked, you know, his enemies come and they start busting his chops about the subject of divorce and why God gave, you know, allowed divorce, right. and, and he didn't hesitate. He said, "It's because of the hardness of your hearts." And what Jesus was meaning by this is that, look, you people are, you guys are sinful, and mm-hmm. even when God gives you something special blesses you because we are sinful because we have hard hearts we're going to have conflict to a point where people are going to have to separate that's what we're reading it the word divorce does not appear in this reading at all right but essentially lot and abram are are amicably divorcing they're they're separating from each other they're saying we can't exist together anymore there's a certain sadness to this but we do need to point out that it, that Abram in particular and Lot following along, they handle mm-hmm. it well. They right. get to this point where they're almost at the point of all-out war against each right. other. Abram recognizes, this, let's okay, let's do this. We, we can't coexist. We've got to get divorced, but let's do this the right way. Let's do this Still well. honor God in what we do. And that's what really stands out to me. We asked about what, what makes you confident. When are you most confident? And so this is what I what I really wanted to focus on. I'm amazed by Abram here. I mean, it seems like such a pedestrian story. It's just a story of of two groups of people going in yeah, two different they directions. They can't get along, and they just separate. But there's so much more to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, particularly in the light of the fact that when when most of the time when when human beings separate or in their relationship, it's a sloppy, mean, sometimes even violent mess. Oh yeah, and it's not here. And the reason it's not here is because of Abram, what Abram does. And the, what makes Abram, the reason Abram acts so well is because of his relationship with God. You, you know what I mean? I, I agree. I mean, the, the, the next question I was looking at here and bringing up, wanted to bring up was by giving Lot the choice, what can be said about Abram? And I think you've answered the question before we even got to ask it. What is it about Abram? What can be said about Abram in the fact that he gave Lot the choice? I mean, it, was, it wasn't supposed to be that way. Abram's the elder. Right. Abram's the uncle. Great point. A- Abram had every right. I mean, how many of us, I have the right to right. dot, dot, dot. Right. And yet and Abram. And not do a 50-50. And not even do a 50-50. A- Abram could have said, Lot, you see that grain, that that nasty gravelly pit over there? Right. That'll be yours. Right. You Here's a hundred bucks. Yeah. And, Go knock yourself out. Right. Exactly. And so him not doing that, him... Abram, that is, literally subjugating himself to Lot is a complete reversal of anything right. that would have been at that time and even today thought as logical. We don't, this is a fantastic point that you're making. He, it, none of us would do that. Here right. we are in conflict, and my, most of us would react with, okay, Keith and I are in conflict. I'm going to, I, we need to separate, we need to end this relationship. My first instinct is to get what I want, right? And to and to make sure that Keith gets nothing but the leftovers. Exactly. Not even maybe I want to hurt you because I'm mad at you. Yep. But more than that, I just want what I want, and I want to make sure to 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 uh, 
to fulfill my insecurity, uh, yep. to make sure that to, to get as much as I want so that I'm not going to feel insecure and so that I'm going to feel like I but want. But that's confidence in stuff. I yes. mean, you know, that's, that, 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 is a, that is a life built upon va- valuelessness right. because we can't take it with us. I mean, I love that old cliche, but you can't take it with you is so important. And I think lot, I mean, Abram gets that. Well, so, so he's like, dude, just take what you want. Let me know which way do you want to go, right or left, and I'll go the other way. This is a fascinating thing. You make a great point. I love the point that you made. I hadn't really thought about it, about Abram being the elder. Mm-hmm. He, he does have the right to just say, hey, look, I'm gonna, I've got this figured out. This is how it's going to go. Right. And he does not do that. I visualize the two of them standing up on a high point on a, on a hill and say, look, this isn't working out. We need to separate. The land can't support both of us. And, and what does Abram say? He, he gives Lot the choice. You can take whatever, take whatever you want. And, and this is what you're highlighting. But deeper into this is why he does that. What's going through Abram's mind? What hatched this plan? And what hatched this plan clearly is, you know what? God is so good to me, and God is so faithful to his promises that I can tell a lot. I can give him whatever, right. and it's not going to matter because God's going to take care of me. Yep. Lot could take everything, yep. all of the best, the fat of the land, and it doesn't matter. God can bless me even if he gives me a sandbox and nothing. Yep. Uh, It'll it, still be blessed because I, I know my God. Right. I'm confident in my God right. and his ability to take care now, of. Now, Keith, me. what a fantastic lesson that is today. Oh where, my gosh. Where how many times do we see people reacting not in this way at all? Where where we have conflict throughout our society. I don't care what your politics are. I don't care yeah. where you will end up on what side of the societal issues and all this kind of stuff. But what we see is uh, our side has to have this, 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 right. this. We're going to take, 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 whatever it is. Right. And, and none of this, this is a profound, revolutionary way. I have such faith, and it is this, I have such faith in, in, my, in God, God's ability to bless and in God's grace, that you, my adversary, you can take whatever you want and I'm going to be fine. I'm still going to Holy be cow, that is rad. Could you imagine, uh, what would it be like at a at a, a debate, the the candidates standing up on the bait. You know what? You're right. You just do what you want, and I'll I'll still be okay. That end the debate. Everybody'd be right. like, okay, turn the cameras and lights off. We're done here. I mean, right. because who would ever in their right mind would say that? You, I mean, certainly in today's in today's politics and today's climate. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a political debate. It can be a debate about anything. Well, it can if be you, any kind of you, relationship and any relationship. There you go. That that if you concede and say, you know what, you you just you got it. That's a Take sign it. of weakness yes, anymore. It is. And, it and is. It, and, and here's buried in this simple little story that you read is this incredibly confident individual named Abram. And his confidence is completely in God and not in of himself, not in what he can see, right. not what he can measure. This so is then, a remarkable lesson to me. So then in contrast then, what is it, how does Lot make his decision on what to do? We now know that it's confidence in the Lord that Abram, that is directing Abram, but now let's take a look at the other side of this coin because we all know. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, don't you, like I said, I see the two of them standing up there on the top of the hill, mm-hmm. look, you know, making their, working this thing out, and Abram gives Lot this 
this deal. Jaw-dropping deal. Right. I could only imagine a lot, just his eyes bug, his jaw drops, yeah. and he turns and looks at his uncle saying, what? Yeah, because his uncle says, you do whatever you want. It ain't going to bother me. We need to separate. That's the only thing that matters here. Right. That we that we've come to that point. That's the non-negotiable. But you know what, Lot? Do I'm what cool. You, Take yep. whatever you want. It is a jaw-dropping thing. And so to get your, it's a great question. How so does Lot what, make yeah, his how does choice? He do it? The, okay, I can do whatever I want. He does what all of us would do. Yep. He looks over the land. I think they are at a high point. He I looks over the line, the land. And he says, "Okay, uh, Uncle uh, Abram." I'm going to take all of this, and what he takes is what appears to be great stuff. He looks yeah. down at Sodom and Gomorrah. You're right. It is a land of prosperity, of commerce, but it's also a land of incredible wickedness and decadence and but sin. But he's not looking at that. He doesn't care. No. Maybe he is looking at people. Maybe he does know. Maybe he does. You're right. Maybe he does know. Later on, it, it seems like he does get an education in, in how, yeah. how wicked it is. We'll get into that in a few episodes, but... Um, he looks only, he judges only on what he can see, yep. right? And, and again, how much do we see that in ourselves where it's like, I'm in this relationship or I ha I'm addressing this uh, economic or social situation or these political uh, viewpoints and all I'm, I'm going to make every decision and every action based on what I want right now, what I can see right now, what I can easily evaluate right now. These are the things that are going to give me confidence. I'm not going to evaluate or make any decision based on what God is yet to do. Right. Or, Boy, you, you know what? That, translated in today's different. speak, it's live for, live in the moment, man. Mm -hmm. And how dangerous is it that we live in the moment? Right. I mean, certainly there are moments that we can be in, be in, and enjoy, and and you know we know those things exist. But to live your life in the moment with no forward thinking, with no thought of God, no thought of what the what the consequences are, that's so dangerous. Yeah. And yet here we see Lot looking out, seeing that green, fertile valley, man. Oh, leading up to that bright and shiny city on the hill. Because right. who knows where Sodom was? But you know, it could have been on hillside, right? Who knows? But there it is, laid out before him. He looks to the other side. He looks his other the other direction. It's a little sandy, maybe not nearly as pretty, certainly not anything that you want to go live in. And he to takes his uncle at his word and says, I'm going to take that side. Right. I'm going to take the side that looks good. Yeah. And I love how the Bible, I just want to pause and say, I love how the Bible presents this. I mean... The Bible could really make this so basic. It's like, make it be like C spot, be in relationship with God. But God, the, the, the Bible never does that. Instead, mm. you sit here and you read Genesis 13 to us. And, and it's so easy to hear you read and just sit there and say, okay, here's a little story about two guys who decided to go in two Split different directions. And... Now, wait a minute. The Spirit inclines us to say, okay, to do what we're doing right here, and that is... Wait a minute. What's motivate? What really is at the root of all of this? Right. What what really caused this to happen? When we ask those good questions and we just take that time, this simple story, and it is a, just a simple story yeah. that doesn't even seem to be worth mentioning. It really has a lot to say to us yeah. about what we need to become as Christians. And if Christians are not going to be this kind of leader in our world as far as conflict resolution no one's going to be the only in the only way that we can emulate abram and the only way we can be successful in really transforming our world is if we start as christians 
like Abraham, Abram did and said, and say, you know something, you are not, I disagree with you. I disagree with your ideology. I don't like your politics or whatever, whatever it is. Right. Maybe it's something that happens in my, in your family. I disagree with you. you. We're in conflict. We need to separate. But I'm just completely at peace because of God. Yep. If Christians aren't this way, what are we doing? Well, yeah, you doing, know what I'm saying. Whatever we're doing, we're doing it wrong, right? Because, but I mean, that is so true. You know, you. I think you're you're the opening question that we talked about that confidence. What do we have confidence in? Abram shows us what we need to have confidence in. Because if we are confident in God, we can handle anything. And we say, you know, Keith, we say that we're confident in right. Jesus Christ. Right. We do this. We go through these motions. We say that. We make those gestures. Right. We would affirm that and all that kind of stuff. But are we? Are we really? Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. Are, do we really live that way? Do we really handle our relationships and our future, our concerns, our fears, our anxieties, as if we ultimately have this steadfast confidence in God and not in self? I don't think we do. I, I, I mean, you heard my answer to the question, when are you most confident? It's when I'm in control, right. when I have everything yeah. settled. You're the example it, yeah. of exactly, once again, what, again Keith again, Holmes is yeah, an example of exactly you. what not to do. When you look do. at me, yeah. no, whatever yeah. I'm doing, you should do the exact opposite. You're now. far too critical of self. But, but it's the, true, though. I mean, I think about it. I'm like, when am I most confident? When I know what's going to happen next, when I'm in control. And, and Abram, the ability of Abram to sit and say, you know what? I, I'm all I'm all good. Lot, you go, boy. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm sure he didn't say it like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> to, to, who to knows? Borrow, Maybe they were hipsters the, back in the day, right? Borrow the modern exactly. vernacular. Well, your translation of the Bible would be a really uh, fun uh, read. You know, watch that? out the message. Here comes uh, uh, yeah. here comes the Keith Holmes version. Uh, exactly. Okay, now I want to do something here with verse 17. If you guys yeah. are listening, you got your Bible uh, out. Uh, I want you to look at verse 17, Keith. I'm gonna. I'm going to do this and, and just get your kind of... It's just going to take me a, a minute or two to unravel this. Sure. Uh, this is a, the question I'm going to ask Keith, and I just want your reaction to this, is in what way have you taken ownership of God's promises? So God has made you promises. God has made uh, me promises. God right. has made promises to us as believers, not right. just to Abram, but to all of us. God has promised us right. stuff. I want to know in a moment after right. I unpack this, in what way you, Keith, have taken ownership of the promises. Now, right. why am I asking you out there listening and asking Keith that question? Because in verse 17, which reads, this is where God says to Abram, rise up, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. Now, that seems like just nothing at all. Again, simple right. story. Yep. But in ancient times, this is how you staked a claim to a plot of land. You got up and you walked through it. Wherever you placed your foot, that was the land that you were claiming. So God is saying, okay, Abram, now that Lot is separated, I, I want you to claim the land that I have promised to, to you. I want you to walk through it. I want you to take ownership of it. I want, in other words, this is going to be, it, this has been a promise, and now I want you to, to do what you would normally do when you stake a claim to a plot of land. Mm -hmm. God is literally saying, get up and take ownership of what I have promised you to do. That's what's happening in that moment. So now, God has made a lot of promises oh, to you, Keith. Oh, my gosh, Keith. yeah. Okay, ha have you taken ownership of those promises? 
do you need to, have you not? In what ways have you? In what ways have you not? In what ways do you need to improve? How Have you done a good job of taking ownership uh, of, of the promise? Well, I think we've established I don't do anything very well when nah, it comes to, no, when it comes to my Christianity, because I, I you know, I am human. I am failing, but I take ownership. I think as I think about the promises that God has made me, one of the biggest promises God made me was in my marriage. And so I have I, I, I taken ownership of my responsibility in marriage, not just I'm the man, I make I make the I make the money and you take care of the kids, you know, that the traditional stuff that we all know. But whose fault is it? It's nobody's fault. You know, I, I remember in premarital counseling hearing, if you pick a side, if you're on, if the husband and wife are on opposite sides, that's a problem. The, that's an issue. It, it needs to be the husband and the wife facing down the issue together. And so that's one of those things that stuck with me. So the promise of marriage, the promise that, that God has given me in, in my wife and in my family, I, I own that. I, I'm like, that was my mistake. I'm sorry, Alice. You know, I'm not afraid to say I'm sorry. I know my I know my faults. I know that I'm not the easiest husband in the world. I'm sure there's many out there that are a whole lot easier to live with than me. But the fact of the matter is, is when it when that question came up, that was my first place that I went was the promise of the marriage to my wife. I take ownership of that, and I will work at that, and I will strive with the help of the Lord. Because let me tell you, I'm a lot different than I was when we first started, you know, 28 years ago. Yeah. And so when Abram walks through the land, and God God tells him to walk through the land, and God is telling him, take ownership of the promises that that I've made to you. Right. Now I look at that and I say, okay, here's Jesus Christ, and through His actions, through His words, He's saying to me, JD, you're a sinner. I have died for your sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grace is sufficient for you. My blood shed on the cross atones for your sin. Okay, uh, here I am resurrected from the dead. I'm alive. I was dead, and I was al- now I'm alive. And then the Apostle Paul talks theologically. It, it unpacks the theology of that, not it, it, particularly in the book of Romans, but also in all of his letters. Galatians, a fantastic read encouraging us to live a free life and because of what God how God has fulfilled his promises. Now, I can read Jesus, I can read Paul, I can read all of these things. I know all that theology. But do I I, I do need to do a better job of saying, yes, I am forgiven. Despite how I feel, right. I I am forgiven. I am loved. Uh this is the promise that God has made to me in Jesus Christ. I think I can always do a better job of saying, I'm going to believe this. I'm going to walk through this like Abram walked through the land. I'm going to put my foot on that, and I'm going to claim it as my own. This belongs to me. This is true. This is immovable. This is, this is the truth of my life. This is the foundation of my life. This is where I'm going to live. That's what Abram's doing in this one verse. Right. Th- on this land, on this promise, I am going to live. And uh, I think all of us as Christians, Jesus has said all these things. He's given us all these things. He's blessed us in all these ways. None of it matters unless we take ownership of them. Yeah. Unless we we grab a hold of them and say, "No, this belongs to me." Right. I'm almost sounding like I'm encouraging people to be selfish, but for lack of a better word, I think I am encouraging. I think. Well, you're certainly saying own it. Right, you're right. certainly saying this is yours, and it's nothing you deserve. It's nothing you earn. Exactly. 
it's given to you. And I think we all have had that. We certainly have seen it in others and we've seen it in ourselves. When you receive a gift, you're kind of excited. It's exciting, boy. You know, you grab that gift and and you own it. I mean, I watch kids. I watch my own kids. It's like at Christmas, they you know, they open up their toys and they start playing with them. One of them reaches over and starts playing with the other kid's toy. No, mine. Right. You know, you, you get it right. You, you grab it back. Now, obviously, you don't be mean about it. I mean, Lot certainly, or Abram certainly wasn't mean about it, but he owned the promise that God gave him right. by able by being able to say, no, Lot, you choose first. I, I know God will take care of me. And that's what I want to be thinking about. That's what I want to pray about. That's yep. what I want to encourage our listeners to be thinking about. Look, yep. you guys are all Christians. You're all here listening to Megan's old office. You all believe in the Bible. You know your story, the story of Jesus. You know the Gospels. Okay, how have you taken that as your promise, as your land upon which you are going? How much more do you need to do? If you're like most people, there's a deficit here. Jesus has made these promises, and he's fulfilled these promises, and he will continue to fulfill these promises. But the deficit is in our... We need to claim them. We haven't claimed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, we yeah. haven't taken them on as personally and as completely as we need to. Abram, God directs Abram to do that, and Abram obeys. He walks through the land and says, I'm going to take this. This is mine. Yeah. These are my promises. This is who I am. And it's not something that I've done. Like you said, this is something that God's given to me. Wow. Amen. I've got to do a better job. We've got to do more of that. And and so that's the thought we're going to leave with. uh, Certainly, yeah. I hope that everyone leaves with confidence in the promises that God has made us because... Abram certainly was, and what a great visual for me. Inspiration. Inspiration, thanks, to to walk away with, which is, I I don't know what's going to happen sometimes, but God does. So what a great thing. Okay, so what do we learn here today? We've got to take ownership of God's promises. Uh, We've got to find our confidence in the Lord, and peanut butter-filled pretzels are awesome. Amazing. Uh, So there you go. Uh, We will uh, will conclude with that, and (laughs) we've loved having you here on Megan's Old Office, and we will see you next week. Thanks, Ted. All right. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at megansoldoffice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.